The Bears draft picks are complete. One of the best weekends of the entire year is over. And we now know what the polls regime has been stocking up to do for the past couple months uh, since the end of the regular season here, Tyler. And, you know, pretty thrilled with how it went, actually. I, uh, I don't know how you thought just kind of coming out of the draft and watching all the picks that we made, but uh, you kind of kind of think the same way that I'm thinking with it. Absolutely. I'm coming out a much more optimistic fan uh, with a GM that that I feel has a direction in mind and a plan in mind. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got lying ahead. I'm hopefully we got a few more moves ahead in terms of free agency, but this definitely it's the most exciting weekend of the year, in my opinion, just draft day, all the, you know, the hype around all these players is a little different because there weren't as many franchise quarterbacks really up for grabs this time around. So that's a, makes it a little less exciting for people, but still it's such a great, great weekend. Yeah. And so coming into draft weekend, um, there was, I, I saw so many different mock drafts being, ha- uh, being released by, you know, bears, insiders, NFL writers, and it didn't really seem like any of them aligned on pretty much anything, but, you know, after seeing what took place in the players, the bears selected, it's nice to know that polls like we've been talking about for the past couple months, Ryan polls has his plan and he hasn't wavered from it at all. Yeah. I don't know what went on, you know, inside those, inside those draft rooms and the conversation that polls was having with any of uh, the other uh, GMs in the league, but you know, nothing influenced him to, to stray away from the plan that he has placed. And it's still looking like, you know, they got some guys this year who are going to be direct contributors. They're probably going to have a top 10, maybe top five pick, next year's draft and you know this is just setting up the future and i think he did a, another good a good showing for ryan poles in this draft absolutely you, you you said it correctly setting up for the future this isn't a draft where you're going to get a, i mean we have a few guys that'll start right away but they still need to develop and it's going to be it's not don't have a lot of win now picks but there's a lot of you know what these guys are going to be good in a few years these there's some pro bowlers hopefully here uh, but they're not going to be pro bowlers right off the bat. They're going to be, you know, four or five years down the road. You really got to look into. So I'm um, like how he's setting it up. Um, I like that he's being conservative and he's not freaking out. Cause you know, there are a lot of teams that were looking for wide receivers. I'll, I'll hit on that first uh, in this draft. And it was a wide receiver, heavy draft in the first round. A lot of, I forget what six receivers went in the first round, maybe more. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, like six of the first, like what, 18 picks or something like that. I want to say yeah. and, three in a row at one point, like, man, it, and a lot of people were talking on Chicago radio before the draft, like, okay, if Chris Olave, if he drops down to like 20, 21, 22, you think the Bears should, you know, pack some picks and, you know, trade up and go grab him. And like, he went at like 11. <laughs> it was yeah, like, I what? Know. It's crazy because people reached so high for receivers because they were so valuable. And I was very proud of polls, actually, for not freaking out and trying to climb up there and grab one of those top receivers and, trading away draft capital like we've seen done in the past where like oh yeah third fourth round draft pick yeah go ahead take it like that was pace's mentality that pulse's mentality is different like oh i need more draft picks like i need more opportunities to go deep into the bucket and try to get this diamond in the rough so he he had a great plan in mind he executed it beautifully and uh yeah i don't want to talk up too high on him because he's still got a long way to go but very good start for ryan poles in the beginning yeah definitely impressive um so let's just jump right into some of the moves that he made, Tyler. So I just want to get your initial thoughts and reactions to some of the, maybe the 
the players that the that the Bears selected here. Um, I don't know if you had necessarily any players in mind um, or anything like that that stuck out to you, but uh, you know why don't you why don't you throw some of those names out there and then maybe come up with like you know a, a draft grade or something yep. like that for the for the Bears to to that they had this weekend. Absolutely, I'll start with my standout players. Um, obviously, uh, the one that everyone's talking about in Chicago this past weekend was uh, Kyler Gordon. Uh, out of out of Washington, I actually listened to his coach on the radio this morning, uh, talking about Kyler and how you know he's a freak athlete. He can he's all over receivers. People talk about you know how he had lower numbers in terms of like interceptions and like pass deflections and stuff. And people are like, you know, why is that? Like, is he you know not covering as well? No, it's because they didn't want to throw at him. <laughs> yeah. like, he was this this dude's a freak athlete, long arms, quick to quick off the first step can keep up with receivers does not let people get past them um dude's a freak athlete and if there's one theme that i saw from ryan poles uh in this draft in particular it's freak athletes if he, if he has a taste yes. in, in uh players that's what it is um i love it i i think he's i think he's a great pick that was the first one uh that i'm super excited for day one starter opposite jalen johnson i think the bear i, I love that you know it sucks that the, you know, the Packers took a quarter uh, wide receiver in the second round that I think is going to be pretty good, uh, Watson. But then, then the Bears are like, you know what? All right, we'll get the guy to stop him for the next 10 years then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the way I, I envision I'm sure they don't, but that's, that, that's the way my <laughs> mind works as a spiteful Bears fan. Now, yep. um, say the, the next size pick uh, is another one I was really intrigued by. The top three picks, actually. But uh, the second pick, Jaquan Brisker. So when I saw that they picked Jaquan Brisker, I was not – super psyched and the main reason because being my greedy self i thought the first two picks one had to be an o-line one had to be a receiver or at least get one of those positions addressed in the first round and i was surprised that ryan poles didn't but what i like about this pick was that ryan poles didn't just reach on an o-line or reach on a receiver uh just to get one of those positions filled he's he he had a very patient approach where he's like you know what I'm going to get best player available, and this guy's going to be one of our day one starters right off the bat and hit the safety with Eddie Jackson because we all know Eddie Jackson. He was – oh, my goodness. He, he couldn't tackle anything last year. No. So what, what – what, that, what, that wasn't that for, for Brisker here. That was one of the main uh, the main parts of his scouting report, right, is that he, yes. he's a mean tackler. He wants to, to, tra- to track you down and put you on the ground. Like, and obviously, hopefully, he can come into the NFL and do that. Eddie Jackson can feed right off of him get back to that 2018 level that's just the side perk of the jaquan brisker pick absolutely you hit it right on the head i was i i love that fact that he can wrap a player up that he's not they're not going to get past him once he has him in front he's going to wrap him up and he's not going to get you know ankle broken or whatever and eddie jackson i feel like there's just sometimes i really don't know if i could put a finger on he just couldn't finish a tackle and i don't know if it was effort wise i don't know what it was with eddie jackson last year for the last few years. That yeah, it, it really has been a couple of years with Eddie Jackson. Not that this is the Harp on Eddie Jackson podcast at all or anything like that. But, no. you know, to, to your point, it, it seems like Eddie Jackson just, he goes shoulder to legs and he doesn't he doesn't go for the center of gravity on a player. Yes. And from all of Jaquan Brisker's highlight reels, he is not afraid to put a body on someone. <laughs> this is the NFL <laughs> where you have to put a body on someone. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm excited. I think he'll either mask Eddie Jackson's weaknesses or or he's gonna or he's gonna fit right in and hopefully motivate Eddie Jackson like you said get back to that 2018 level that we know he is capable of so yeah love love the safety in Jaquan Brisker uh and this third one 
a lot of people are harping on this pick, okay? People are down about it. I love it, okay? And I know I picked the top three picks in my standouts, but they are. uh, Vilas Jones Jr. I hope I said his name right. So, (laughs) people are very low on this pick, and here's why. He's 25 years old. Who cares? Okay, I'm sorry. Who cares? This this man is so fast. Look at 4-3, 140-yard dash. Like, oh, my goodness. And like, if you watch some of his highlights, I forget how many kick returns he has, but he has a few kick returns in college. See, I think 700 yards receiving, a couple touchdowns. Like, the dude is a freaking he, – he's an athlete. Like, he's a freak yeah. athlete. And it, just because he's 25 years old, you guys are harping on the pick. It's like – what is he gonna live long enough? Like, like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> he's got plenty of length in him. Like, I think the dude's gonna be a stud. I think he's gonna help. He's gonna help Justin Jones. And you know what? Maybe he's more polished as you know a twenty-five-year-old rookie rather than a twenty-two, twenty-one-year-old rookie. This guy might be more polished, more developed, been in college longer. Like that, that might be who he is. So, I think uh, he can slot in at number three receiver and make an impact right off the bat. Um, because you look at you look at the receiver positions that the Bears have right now. Darnell Mooney one, uh, Byron Pringle two, and then you got just a kind of an array of you know either Daz Newsome or Saint Brown, and you got a guy like Velas Jones who can really slot in or can compete for that number three position. I think he's going right. to be great. So yeah, those are my top three standouts. My overall draft grade, I would say, uh, if I'm giving it based on the entire draft and what Ryan Poles did, trading back, grabbing picks and scooping up for extra players, I would give him I, – I went B, okay? I went B. The only reason I did not go higher than a B, uh, maybe even B-plus-ish, is, um, you know, it's not like we came out with, like, a franchise player. I mean, we came out with some cornerstones. We came out, but, like, you know, to get an A, you really got to hit every single pick out of the park. So the A's go to the – right. You know, uh, the Detroit Lions had a great draft. The New York Jets had a great draft. I never thought I'd say that word, but right. that's that sentence a weird sentence. But the New York Jets knocked it out of the park. And yeah. uh yeah, those are the two big takeaways. But I would give a B to Ryan Pohl's first draft. Well done. I'm very looking very much looking forward to future drafts. So Jimmy, give me your give me a breakdown. Who stood out to you? Uh anyone in the late rounds that, that kinda caught your eye and uh, what was your overall draft grade for the Bears and Ryan Poles? Yeah, I mean I'll, I will take it in a little bit different direction uh, just because we were talking about this earlier and I've said it so many different times in this podcast already, but Ryan Pace left Ryan Poles such a problematic situation that he now has to clean up. And the only way you really do that and try and, you know, get your team into a competitive window quicker is by acquiring draft capital and polls show that he is not afraid to trade back even just a little bit and get more picks because that is what this team needs right now. You have yeah. so many different holes in this roster, not just like from bad play, but you need bodies in there. Like the bears still lack a lot of people. They're going to still going to have to search for undrafted free agents and, you know, free oh, agents. Time. Yeah. Just because there's so many holes and we can thank Ryan Pace for that, but quick follow-up before I get into my picks too, just about Vilas Jones is that um, like it, it, first of all, isn't it just so typical of bears just to like write off a guy, an offensive guy, even yeah. just because he's 25, like, we need offensive players, and we know that time to get offensive weapons is probably going to be next year. We're really going to be aggressive on it. So if we get this guy in here and he he you know goes for you know 900, 800, 900 yards, like that's a pretty good season for a guy coming in NFL right away. And you know that's a that's a big ask, but like you know yeah, I, you know big, crazier things have happened. So I mean I think we got to give this guy a shot, and I think with Justin Fields 
it's very much, it's very much possible with the opportunity that he's probably going to have. So it's, it's, it's classic Chicago fans to write off a guy like that <laughs> just because of his age. Oh, 25. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's a dud. I'm like, no, he's 25. Like, yeah, give, give the guy a shot. He yeah. Can come in, be a vet, be a pro right away. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And if, I mean, if he does go for that, you know, 800 yards, you know, people are going to love him next, this oh, time yeah. next year. They're going to be loving him. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see, but let's get into some of the picks that I thought the bears hit on really well in the later rounds. Their uh, round five pick, uh, one of the round five picks, pick number 74, 174 overall is Dominique Robinson, an edge rusher from Miami of Ohio. And this is just going to be a little bit of a continuation from what you said, Tyler, in the sense that Poles was looking for just freak athletes. He's looking for guys with explosiveness, crazy athleticism, speed, that toughness that he talked about. You know, we got to be a mean football team. Well, here's one of those guys. He is a converted wide receiver turned edge rusher, which I thought was super interesting because I doubt there's really many guys that can kind of do that. Um, he's transformed his body. He's six foot four, he's 253 pounds, which is, you know, not big for an edge rusher, but I mean, he'll be able to, you look at his arms, his wingspan was one of the best in the draft. And uh-huh. he just has incredible explosiveness. And he was in, um, I'm reading here just even about him from earlier is in 90, 98th percentile for his vertical jump, which is you look at some of the guys that have been in that ranking in the past have been, you know, Cleo Mack type players. So you got to give it, this is a great pick, great value pick for they were able to get Robinson here because I think he's going to be able to, you know, not step in right away, but you know, some of these guys are going to get opportunities and he's just a player who just, he wants to get to the quarterback. Like, that was one of the things that everyone was saying about him when the Bears decided to go this way is that, you know, he is going to do everything he can because he just, he hates getting beat on the line that, you know, he's going to do everything he can to get to the quarterback. And you know what? That's what we need because we just need guys who just hate losing to step in and kind of change this culture. Because obviously we've become so used to that, that, you know, you need the guys like this. So that was um, my first my first pick that I that I really like, and you look at the scouting report um, and his draft combine grade, all green, like all such good scores for this guy. Like in any in every single area, like he was just he was super super high. So I give Poles credit for for the Robinson pick. Another pick that I really liked, the homeboy here uh, in from Illinois, uh, round six, pick two hundred seven, Doug Kramer. Now I didn't really. Like, I, I didn't know if we were going to go with a center, so to speak. I thought we were going to go more the guards and the tackle route for the offensive line, which we did. We know we got a couple of those kind of players in here. But I just think that Doug Kramer is a good pick for where they – for a six-round pick, I think Doug Kramer is going to give you what you want to see. Absolutely. You know, he's a little my, – my main concern with him is he's, he's a little bit undersized and – you know, I don't think that that's necessarily a recipe for success for a guy like Justin Fields. I think you need to get him the big, the bulky uh, offensive lineman, which we have a couple of, but um, he's a little skinnier, but he still, he has the athleticism that they're looking for. Um, he's quick. He's a very smart player. That's what everyone really liked to see about this guy is that mm-hmm. when you go to a, a school like Illinois, you know, you're not going to be the best of the best, but if you can play smart ball, like, that's what they're really going to like. And that's what they saw mm-hmm. out, of, out of Kramer here. So uh, good pick again. Um, I 
I don't think he was as highly touted as, you know, a guy like Dominique Robinson or obviously some of the guys that were taken before him. But, you know, still still a respectable athletic score, still a respectable combine grade. Absolutely. The more um, the more so, body so. you can get on the offensive line, the better. And Kramer's one of those guys. I agree with you. He's yeah. He's a great one of those great uh, blockers against the pass rush. Which if yeah. you look at the Bears' pass rush last year was just awful. Yes. Or pass rush protection. So I think uh, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I like that pick in the sixth round, man. Like that's yeah. a great another one, great value that's pick. Like yeah, yeah. And that, that was the thing is like he based on some different grades that he got last year. He was almost better against the blitz as a like than he was just against like a regular you know just a regular play from scrimmage. So it's like it's it's kind of weird to see that, but maybe mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Who knows? Um, so overall, um, I'm actually going to give the Bears an A minus in my overall grade. A little bit high, but not just because of the players they were able to get, but just because they were able to acquire more draft capital. I think that this year that is worth more than the players themselves almost um, just because it's going to be, it's going to be a slight audition year for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, what I loved about the, the first couple picks going on the defensive side, you know, I'm kind of with you that I thought I never would have thought in a million years that our first two picks would have taken a defensive back and a safety. Like I just didn't think that that was a need right away. I didn't nope. think that that was going to be the first thing Ryan Poles addressed. But, man, our secondary is going to be so good. Like, I think it has a chance to be a really good this year. Um, yeah. Especially with a guy like Matt Eberflus taking over. He knows how to, you know, run a defense. And he knows how to put guys in, on defense in position to succeed. So, who knows? But, um, yeah, I just think that guys are going to get opportunities this year that they wouldn't otherwise get. And the more guys that can fill in and audition well – the better so credit to polls for you know gaining you know four or five extra picks throughout the weekend that he didn't have coming in because that's what we were great that's what we were needing and that's what he got so i'll yep. give an a minus and i think that he got some high value players and you know we're gonna have to come we're gonna have to see you know training camps only a couple months away now so you know we'll see that and we'll see how they go uh, coming into the season but that that's kind of where i stood you know a minus yeah. i'd say is, is somewhat fair well, I, I, I will raise it from a B to a B plus because I forgot about Trenton Gill on the back end of the seventh round. Yeah. Nice punter right there. There we no, go. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens. No, I, I, I've, I've never seen really the Bears draft a punter before, so that was an interesting. I agree. I think the Bears' defense is going to be much improved. Secondary is going to be great. Uh, Bears are transitioning from that 3-4 to a 4-3 defense under uh, Eberflus, and it's going to be – it's going to be fun to see that different. I think it's a lovey style scheme from what it was back in the day, which not a lot of teams run the four three anymore. So yeah, um, I, it's going to be fun to watch the Bears run that, and I think they got the right players in this draft, especially at the top half, that can run it well. So yeah, um, yeah we'll we'll see how they roll out, and so we'll see how these guys develop. But I agree, this year secondary man, oh, going to be scary, yeah. and they're going to be raw, young, athletic, and most of all. Hungry. That's yeah. that's what I need from football teams. Like for football player mindset is you need blue chip hungry guys, and I think the Bears got a few in this draft. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll see how they play out and how do they develop. Yeah, I mean, and then kind of the one thing that we wanted to touch on, I know when we were when we were talking here tonight was, as we mentioned, we thought that the Bears were really going to address 
what we thought was the number one glaring need, which was the offensive line. Yep. Now we've talked about why there's reason for optimism going into the season with some of the guys that they've got, you know, whether it be Lucas Patrick coming over from green Bay, whether it be Tevin Jenkins taking that next step. I think, I still think that there's more to get out of Larry Borum. Like I think there's pieces there, but yeah. we thought there was going to be more done this weekend to address that need earlier in the draft. We still got, you know, a good haul of linemen, but maybe not where we wanted to get them. So I want to ask you, Tyler, mm-hmm. did the bears front office do enough to help Justin Fields as we move into the next half, next part of the season here? you know, with camps coming up and eventually moving into training camp and then the regular season starting, like did the bears do enough to solidify that spot moving forward? That's a phenomenal question. I'm going to say no, not enough. And that's kind of why I reflected on the B a little bit. Now that, that being said, I don't know what the plan would have been. I don't know who they would have gotten, like, especially in the top half of that draft, but I'm not just basing this off the draft. I'm basing this overall on um, the offseason. Yes, Lucas Patrick. That's a great, you know, signing. I'm glad that was a great addition. And the Bears, I agree. The Bears do still have some picks or some players on the offensive line uh, that can make an impact. Tevin Jenkins, like you said, got to develop a little more. Larry Borm, not, still not super sold on him personally, but I understand yeah. I understand the potential. So let's keep giving him a shot. I mean, that's what it is for. Uh, Cody Whitehair, always solid. Um but I, them swinging and missing on Ryan Bates in particular uh, kind of ticked me off. <laughs> I, yeah. th- I know like it was important to address the offensive line uh, this offseason. The fact that they offered Ryan Bates, knowing he's a restricted free agent, offered him a contract that they pretty much knew that Buffalo would match. Like it was it wasn't like that hefty of a deal. Like, it was a good deal, but like, yeah, it wasn't like crazy that Buffalo was going to match. it. I feel like that's what they needed to do. And, and I'm not saying they got to go out and overpay. Maybe I kind of am, but like, I, I feel like they should have solidified the offensive line a little more. Um, That's my biggest thing in terms of receivers. I mean, yes, I would have liked to see some more receivers. And to be honest, there's some more receivers out there. There's guys like, you know, a Will Fuller out there. I'm, we're not going to go with, we're not going to go with OBJ or something like that, but there's, no. there's different people out there that they could sign a, one more veteran receiver uh, to kind of fill in and, if you look at, and I know we compare to the Packers all the time, but like look at the <laughs> the Bears, uh, you know, current uh, receiving core. They got more, they get just as much or as more experience than the Packers' current receiving core. So I mean, yeah, no joke. I mean, so I, 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 it's the receivers aren't the biggest problem for me. The biggest problem for me is the offensive line. I wish they would have hit on a little more in terms of getting starting caliber offensive linemen, but. They took a lot of shots in the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. So who knows? Maybe one or two of those guys hits, and then we go from there. I actually really like the guy uh, that Braxton Jones. I didn't call him out, uh, but he played a lot of left and right tackle, uh, which is, I feel like, a position of need, especially since I'm not a huge believer in Borum. Um, And honestly, Jenkins, I'm not super sold on too, dude, because he just – I mean, just uh, injury-prone-wise, I wasn't encouraged by that. I remember when they picked him. Jenkins I was like oh my gosh that's a great pick like they traded up for him they got one of the best tackles in the draft I thought I thought it was awesome and then he was out like 89% of the year (laughs) yeah uh, yeah I don't know if they've done enough that being said they've shored up the secondary and the defensive side of the ball a little more which you know what the more takeaways you can get uh, from the secondary the better position you can put your quarterback in so I mean that's yeah another uh, side of it what do you think Jimmy I mean yeah did they do enough to uh, help uh, Foles in this draft and just overall offseason, I guess? Yeah, I mean, 
it's hard. It's it's really hard to like, say right now. More so because all the reports that came out um, from draft the draft nights, uh, whether it be the first round, the second round, third, whatever it was, is that Justin Fields was kept in constant communication with the front office mm-hmm. and with Matt Eberflus. So this guy knows the plan that's in place for him. And it, it, it seems like the front office and Eberflus have, you know, earned the trust of Justin Fields and vice versa. So I, I really wish that we would have done more regarding the offensive line in free agency. You mentioned Ryan Bates. Yeah, we got Lucas Patrick, but you know, Taron Armstead was out there and he went to Miami. Like yep. we talked about just, you know, they're going after him to protect a guy like Tua who is like, like the, the bears have something more in Justin Fields. You would think than Miami has in, in Tua. So I was a little bit disappointed, but yep. you know, I just, just because like how many guys, you know, in the later rounds really turn out, especially their rookie seasons to be a sure thing when we are looking for more of a sure thing protection wise this year, just so that we don't have to see what Justin Fields went through last year, come over and bleed into this year again. So no, I don't think they did enough to your point. Again, I also don't think that they're done adding. Mm-hmm. Be, I think they're going to get at, at least one, maybe two more veteran wide receivers. Like they're out there, you know, Julio's out there, you know, there, there's, there's guys that are, they have options in that, in that sense. And mm-hmm. I think that Fields is talented enough to make his receivers that he's already got better. Um, but it's all about, can he get them the ball? Like, can he, you know, stay in the pocket when he needs to? Is he going to have the outside protection when he rolls out of the pocket? Like, those are all questions that are going to have to be addressed coming up, you know, further along into the offseason. And hopefully they have a plan in place because I am anxious. Um, yep. I'm probably a little bit more so on Tevin Jenkins just because he did close the year strong. You know, mm-hmm. he only allowed, you know, one sack over his last, you know, however many games it was. And, you know, he won his his bat his one on one battles ninety some percent of the time. But again, like you said, small sample size. He has been in you know, he's had injuries that he's had to deal with both in college leading into his his rookie season. Like obviously not a sure thing. So like how many sure things do you really have in this offensive line at all? Like one, maybe? I, I, yeah, I would say I would say one per- personally Cody Whitehair. That's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, white hair is good. Uh, Patrick's coming over. He's le- learning a whole new scheme. Yep. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I wish I would have seen more, but as long as fields understands the process and he trusts the guys that are putting him out there to succeed, I think it'll be okay. Yep. And he showed that he can be a playmate. I, first, I don't think the line is going to be any worse than last season. I think that last season was as bad <laughs> as it's going to get. Hopefully, and he was still able to make plays and have good games last year. And, you know, mm-hmm. if it just gets a little bit better this year, he's going to be able to take that next step. And it's, you know, it hopefully won't look as bad. So, yeah, you know, not done enough, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, here's point? here's my biggest thing with the offensive line, just going back to them, is, and we've harped on them a lot this episode, but I, I want to see cohesiveness with the offensive line. And I want to see consistency in terms of who's playing. I feel like last year, one of the biggest – uh, negatives with the offensive line was, yeah, you know, certain players here in certain positions, but also like h- how often were the same guys all on the line together? You know what I mean? I feel like there right. was always an injury here or, you know what, this guy's not playing well. Let's throw this guy in. Like in order for an offensive l- unit, an offensive line to play 
together. They need to learn to play together, you know, and you can't have stop gaps here and there just throwing guys in the line. I mean, yeah, because they're injured, but like also just like, hey, you know what, let's try this guy. Let's try this guy. It's like, no, you need to have a cohesive unit on the offensive line. And I think Ryan Poles recognizes that. He understands that. I just don't know if he has all the right pieces. So maybe his approach, but maybe his approach is more, you know what, maybe he thinks he's got the right pieces in place and maybe he just wants to see them develop and grow and keep them all as, and grow them as a unit, you know, rather than like going out and getting just stopgap players. Um, I think one more optimistic thing you could think about this off season uh, or going into the next season is we're going to see Justin Field, Justin Fields in a Luke Getze offense, <laughs> you know, right. Rather than a Matt Nagy offense, I'm I'm very excited to see that scheme. I think that's something that I'm forgetting <laughs> going into the season is we're not no we're no longer playing Matt Nagy ball and we're not playing. Thankfully, I thank the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're playing a much more I don't know modern style of football in terms of on the offensive side. Now the defensive side is a little different, but uh, I'm I'm actually excited for that too. But yeah, I'm excited to see what Justin Fields can do with a real. No offense, but yeah, a real offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so excited for the fact that, like we've already mentioned, it looks like it's going to be a very hard-nosed and mean football team. Like, it, it just seemed like Matt Nagy was so unsure of himself as coach, yep. especially the last two seasons, that that bled over into the players, and they were unsure of who they were as players, and they did not have any any confidence at all going up against teams that they knew were better than them on a skill-based level. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is going to be reinstilled into this team, especially the offensive line. Once they find their, you know, slinging mud, dirt and grass type of offensive line, like, you know, you got to work together as a unit, like you mentioned, and that cohesiveness comes with knowing that you're going to have your offensive lineman's back, which we never saw last season, never, especially. So, you know, I think that it's going to be a whole new mindset, which is in itself an entirely new tool that you can use for your benefit. So, yep. I mean, yeah, we'll let's, see. let's be honest with the Bears. I mean, we're not super cool bull contenders. I would, no. we're not, I, I were hurt. We're not even playoff contenders, in my opinion. But if you're in that type of talent like level, you got to be the type of team that no one wants to play, you know, like you're not going to be the team that, you know, is going to run anyone out or, you know, be the elite offensive team, but you got to be that team that, you know what? I don't want to see them. You know, I like it when when they show up to the stadium. Okay. This is not going to be an easy game. Like the bears just got to be competitive. Don't make it easy on the opponents, make it difficult. And that that's the type, that's the type of identity they need to take on with the current players they have. So I'm excited to see that type of mentality. I'm excited to see the bears. I want to say try hard again, but just be tougher again and just be Those types of players, will, will, it's going to be a fascinating storyline to watch uh, yeah. throughout the season. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, we're not that far away. This offseason is moving pretty quick. I mean, we're already in the freaking May. My preseason game is really three months away. Wow. Like, kind of crazy. But I'm excited. You know, we're going to – we know we're going to have Justin Fields from day one. We don't have to deal with any more of this. Willie Woney be playing? Is Andy Dalton playing? Is Nick Foles going to be playing? Like, we know we have our guy. We know the system. We're going to have an entire summer to work together. They've already been working together. I love seeing Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields working together all offseason so far. You at least see them working out and throwing passes together once a week. It's been great. So that, that's something to look forward to. Bears did a good job in the draft. I think that's kind of our general consensus here is that 
you know, obviously we would have liked to see maybe a little bit of a different, you know, group selection here or there, but you know, we, we both think they did a good job. So we're going to let that, let that ride out and, you know, see what other moves they make up uh, here in the next couple of weeks. And maybe we'll hop back on and talk bears. So we'll sign off. Uh, thanks for giving us a listen here on Lakeshore sports and we'll be back in touch with everyone soon.